And um, M took a knee. They told Eminem not to take a knee, and he took a knee anyway. So that's yeah, another yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about Eminem. We're talking about real like <laughs> established rappers. Oh, uh, <laughs> here we fucking go, dude. Here we fucking go. <laughs> That it always is a countdown, right? It's supposed to, but remember that one time it like it went from five down to I don't know, fucking forgot how to count. So I think the bit I'm gonna do is is I'm just gonna keep saying, "Let me know when the show starts." Okay, I like that. That's a good. I'm gonna bit. do it Quality like bit. 45 minutes in. I like that yeah. you're telegraphing your bit before we get going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so people can get ready for it. You know, <laughs> like I make a, like I make a super solid point, and I'll be like, "Yeah." And also, if you'll just let me know when the show starts, I'll, 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 I'll say it again. <laughs> and that makes it special for the audience because that's a callback. You know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah people yeah. love callbacks because they're already yeah. familiar with so, the topic and the idea of it. It makes them like have a, a like a sense of familiarity. And what right. happened? And what happened too was so like I was going to say something about Wesley's theory, and then Trey cut me off he was like no 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 no. save it for the podcast we're creating content and i said i don't give a shit if you hear it twice i'll say it again i'll say it 50 times i don't care like i'll make the same point yeah. over and over again. he was trying to break the cardinal rule that's like don't talk about the podcast before you get on the podcast yeah, yeah that's true I trey's big content moderator when it comes to that for sure I, that's actually listen, my official title. I'm, a, I'm a guest in your house if i shit all over your couch i just don't get invited back it doesn't matter <laughs> that's true i'm pretty sure i've uh, shit on your couch before oh most um, definitely <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. Trey, can you talk real quick? I just realized that my headphones were all the way turned up, so I had turned you yeah, down. Yeah, I can, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me fine? Oh, like Soldier yeah. Boy all the way turned up? Yeah. And now, wait, hang Shut on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the um, fuck up. So before we, before we launch into this, I just got to say, um, I saw Scream 6 today, and it was phenomenal. Just banger after banger with those movies, dude. Every <laughs> single one. You're like one of the eight people that still watches those movies, dude. First off, it made 150 million dollars this weekend, so I'm Jesus not Christ. Are you eight. serious? Yes. Is uh, is Courtney is Courtney Cox still in it? She is in this one. Yeah. Wait, yeah. she was. I didn't know she was ever in any of them. She was in all. She's been in all of them. Did and, ne- did like, Nev Campbell ever die in one of them, or is Nev Campbell still in them? I know. I know what's her face from uh, Wednesday's in it. So Nev Campbell. If you haven't seen the previous five Scream movies, go ahead and skip this part. Nev Campbell has not died in any of the movies, but she's not in this one. They're starting to break away from, like, the original cast. And what's funny about the Scream is, like, their whole bit is that, like, their movies are super meta. So they talk about it in the movie. They're like, nobody, you know, everybody's fair game. Nobody gives a shit about legacy characters anymore. Nobody wants to watch, you know, nobody wants to learn about heroes of the 90s. Like, it's a new decade. So the the legacy characters are going to die off. But it was a really good movie. You guys should go watch it. Hey, you know, we're we're like two and a half minutes into this. Nobody knows who I am. Oh, oh we're yeah, gonna that's get there. true. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get there. Okay, it doesn't, it um, doesn't matter. It, we're, <laughs> we're saying it doesn't matter. You're not one of those kind of people that matters. Okay, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah I, for, you know, I completely <laughs> forgot I don't matter. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back. We're your hosts, Blake and Trey. This is Totally Biased Music, and today we have a very special guest with us. Trey, why don't you introduce our very special guest, please? Our very, very special guest is one of my dear friends, not one of Blake's friends. He doesn't even know Blake, and Blake's never even met him before. Um, wrong. Uh, his name is Chad Underwood. Can we get some claps for Chad? 
Oh yeah, hang on oh, a second. Not, You're gonna have oh, to sorry. bullshit while I while I click whoa, stuff. And whoa, get it ready. Whoa, bullshit! We're bullshitting. <laughs> get the clap. Whoa, whoa. I wasn't prepared for that. Okay, hang on. Thank you. Why'd they cut off so quick? They could have waited for a while. <laughs> so um, Chad Underwood is a uh, is a graduate of Thompson High School, class of t- 2010. Um, yeah, just give him my social security number while you're yeah, at it. What the yeah, what's yeah, what is that? His social security number is four two zero four one six nine six nine. I got dangerously close to the first six digits. Um, and uh, he is a uh, a purveyor of rap music, a tastemaker, if you will. Um, and he is here to discuss the butterfly with us uh, by one Kendrick Lamar. Chad, that's your key. yeah. I just want to say, I just want to say off the top that wasn't it Kendrick's dream for three white men to review to pimp a butterfly on a podcast like does, absolutely it, that's pretty much why you made the album yeah 100 I mean, it is really about like making white people feel good about themselves the whole album so that that tracks really well i'm glad you got that out of it too because that's you know from the very first time i listened to it i was like this is about me somehow i've made this about me yeah somehow <laughs> i've turned this into a story about myself um okay so Apple Music intro for To Pimp a Butterfly. Following 2012's electrifying Good Kid Mad City, the supremely gifted Compton-bred rapper delivers another uncompromising and deeply affecting listening experience. Packed with jazzy, dreamlike production and staggering lyrical work, To Pimp a Butterfly finds Kendrick Lamar grappling with the weight of his newfound fame as a young representative of his community and as a young black man. Through the funky menace of King Kunta, Lamar makes blistering reference to the protagonist of Alex Haley's roots, while the feverish standout, the black of the berry, sees him attack black-on-black crime with singular precision and ferocity. So this was technically Trey's pick. It was kind of all of our picks because like, it was the anniversary relatively not too long ago, right, Trey? Last, last week, I think, was eight years. Yeah, March 16th. So um, I guess let's go into the the first time we all listened so Trey you can lead us off what uh, what were your initial thoughts upon listening first off how old does it make you feel that this album is eight years old I kind of was just gonna blow past that because <laughs> it actually kind of hurt my feelings a little bit but <laughs> but, but yeah, twenty but twenty twenty three makes uh, Good Kid Mad City over ten years old oh, <laughs> yeah. worse, which is actually horrifying Trey um, do you know do you remember the first time you listened to this because I because oh. I re- because I it was, it was a us. very romantic moment for us. <laughs> yes. Um, so the first time I ever listened to this album, I was lay, I was laying up. I was at Todd's house actually, and uh, me and Chad were like live texting each other like after the album dropped, and it dropped early somehow. Um, like I want to say like like it came out at like nine p.m. when it was supposed to come out at midnight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we were like live texting, like freaking the fuck out. Um, about just like how fantastic it was, like every track, like, I mean, just <laughs> somehow listening and, you know, we could do that back then eight years ago, our brains could, you know, neuroplasticity was a little bit better. Right. Um, and then by the end of the album, when, uh, when the Tupac interview comes on, I, t- I asked Adam, like, is Tupac alive? Like yeah, we thought I, Tupac was alive. What we thought like. Tupac was alive. We're like, there's a chance. Like, cause we never heard that interview before. I mean, it's not the most popular. Of Tupac interviews. <laughs> I yeah, thought and, you guys were gonna brush over that and not bring it up. No, so I no, had no, it no. in the back pocket, ready to fucking but you, go. But you also, but you have to understand, we're live listening to the album, so it's the first moment that we hear this. We're completely confused because when you listen to Mortal Man, it 
it's so smooth in the way that he sets it up. It, it really does feel like a conversation the first time you're listening to it. And then you kind of like, after about 20 seconds, if it's your first listen, you realize like, okay, this is definitely something pre-recorded. but uh, something I dug up for this very moment. I, I went uh, deep into the Twitter sphere and uh, nice. fo- found a tweet um, from me and Trey the day this album came out, uh, March 16, 2015. <laughs> And it says, the conversation Trey and I are having over text about Kendrick should be fucking published. <laughs> and here we are. And here we Essentially are. publishing. Back to making it about us, baby, <laughs> since day one. Yep. <laughs> it, got, no, it, it got one like. One like. I'll, I'll let you guess who it was. It was my good friend Trey. And oh, he, he also said, he said, um... My phone died. I'll be right back. <laughs> That's how important the conversation so, was. <laughs> had to charge it up so we could continue the conversation. Yo, know, I had to use Twitter like that a lot back in the day. Like, my phone would die all the time. I'd have to, like, tweet to my roommates, like, yo, can you let me in the house? Because my phone's dead and, like, I don't have my keys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of almost a testament to, like, kind of the journey that this album takes you on is that you think the Tupac might be alive. Yeah, think about it. Nobody would talked about it yet. Like, it was probably – we were probably one of the first, you know, people to listen to Mortal Man, like, if you listen to it from front to back because, like, we started listening to it, like, the second that it dropped. Right. So, in our defense, we had, we didn't have much context. <laughs> yeah. Twitter, if, if my memory serves me correct, which, I mean, this was kind of a long time ago, I feel like Twitter was also freaking out about it. Because, I mean, it was just—I'm serious. It was just so well made. Like I don't the way he set that up. I don't totally remember. I was definitely on Twitter at the time. That was at like the height of my Twitter use, and it was. I remember the album coming out, and I was actually in the Phoenix airport. I was coming back from somewhere. Um, I think it might have been Okeechobee. I think it might have been a music festival, and I listened to it. And I remember getting on Twitter. And everybody that I had followed at the time just bashing the album, like shitting on it relentlessly and me being super fucking pissed about it because I loved it. Um, But going back all the way to 2015, which feels like a fucking century ago, I was two years into college. This is my second year of college. Um, I was obviously listening to a shit ton of hip hop music already. I loved Good Kid Mad City. And upon listening to, to Pimp a Butterfly, like, I loved it from the very fucking beginning. There was never a point in time, and I don't think there ever will be a point in time where I did not enjoy this album um, thoroughly. And I think it's one of those albums that every time you listen to it, there's tracks on it that grow on you and that you enjoy in different ways. Um, Looking back now, it's kind of crazy that this album is 80 minutes long, like an hour and 20 minutes. It's a fucking long album, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I forgot about that until I was re-listening to it. Um so, yeah, it came out, um, sold 324,000 copies in the United States in the first week. Uh, so triple platinum immediately. Um, sold 1 million copies in the United States by 2017. Uh, released five singles and launched a tour from 2015 to 2016. Speaking of that, I have to bring this up. No, we're, we really don't. You don't have to. Actually. I have to. I have to. Kendrick dropped this album. (laughs) Kendrick dropped this album. Okay. Three months later, he went to Bonnaroo and he was headlining Bonnaroo. So your, your natural thought process is new albums out. 
very, very widely regarded as a good album. He's going to play to Pimp a Butterfly. Well, my friend, you would be fucking wrong. He rinsed the same Good Kid Mad City tracks that he had been rinsing for the past seven years or however fucking long. I think he played maybe King Kunta. That was the only track he played, and I will never forgive him for it. And I bring it up every time we talk about Kendrick Lamar, and Trey gets mad every time, but I don't give a fuck because it pissed me off. Because, and we have had this conversation so many times, but I'm just going to do it again, and now you actually have to listen to me because we're on the podcast, or maybe you'll just blank out like you do every time. This album wasn't made to be performed in that setting in any way. If you'd have gone to the King Kunta sessions, the small tour that he did in small venues the next fall, he did this album in its totality, and it was with a live band. He had like a living room set up, like there were like costume changes and like that's how the album was meant to be heard much I agree. more so uh, yeah i agree after the berry like blasting in front of fifty thousand people like yeah. it's just not that's you know, not the vibe i saw him on the championship tour in atlanta that was like all of tde was there schoolboy q actually sizza was she had the vocal problem that year so she bowed out of the tour and isaiah rashad joined Oh but, shit! That's yeah, which was cool. Yeah, everybody was like, because he when. was he was on the come up. Well, I love Susan, but when when I saw Isaiah Rashad was coming, I was like, that's awesome too. So yeah, it was Absol, J Rock, Schoolboy Q, Kendrick, and Isaiah Rashad all on the same night. That's <laughs> and, uh, and, and if my memory serves me correctly, because he was already he had already made Damn at that point, and he had already done the Black Panther album. But the only songs from To Pimp a Butterfly that he did were King Kunta and All Right. But All Right was kind of an unbelievable experience. He he played All Right as the final song. He walks off the stage. The entire crowd keeps chanting, we gonna be all right, for like two minutes. Like it just keeps going on. And he came back out and played it again. It was pretty cool. It was so awesome. It's pretty cool. But still, I'm just saying, Trey, your excuse, it just sounds like a cop out to me. That's all I'm saying. It's just sounds like a cop cop out. You know, it makes sense. And I would just love if you'd admit that you know that it at least makes logical sense. (laughs) Because I know that he's played to Pimp a Butterfly way more of the Pimp a Butterfly on main festival stages. So it's like. I don't know. Yeah, man. but not right after it came out. And the the King Kunta like sessions were real. I mean, he played at the Tabernacle in Atlanta. It's like what a 3,500 person cap for like Kendrick Lamar at that time. Didn't even announce the tour. Just put the tickets on sale. And somehow I just happened to be on the internet when that happened because um, I'm just you know perpetually on the internet. Perpetually and never online. Grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, they were. It was amazing. It and and don't get me wrong. That Bonner set was not great. And the worst part about that Bonner set was trying to leave it at the end. We were like oh, walking shoulder God. to shoulder, dude, for a full hour, walking shoulder to shoulder with people. Oh, oh God! I, like, was what what was wrong that. with Good Kid, Mad City? I have heard, I've heard it. I've heard him play it a thousand times. Yeah, like, I listen, I listen to it every single day. Well, <laughs> okay, this is my. There's nothing because, wrong with Good Kid, Mad City. Right. It was just the like. There was a certain hype around the album just came out. Like we're going to hear a lot of these songs, but you know, unlike Blake, I'm smart. And I was like, he's not going to come on stage and play you or anything. You know, he just like, he, I have, yeah, play you, yeah, play you cry on stage. Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I've seen Kendrick, there's been some sort of issue. Like he played hangout one year. He showed up like an hour late. 
he there's the Bonner incident where he he disregards Pimp Butterfly. There was another time I saw him where he played with a live band and it was enjoyable, but he played like a 45 minute set when he was booked for an hour 15. Like every time I've tried to see him, there's been some sort of issue. So I'm holding like a personal grudge at this point because I know he's a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. And maybe it's like I shouldn't be seeing him at festival sets. It's clearly not something he gives a shit about, which is fine. But it's like you go in as a big fan, you're excited about it, and then there's like something that ruins it, and it just kind of pisses me off. Um, I will that's say, fair. Th- I'll say that's that, fair. That, that's Thank fair you. to agree, but he he's being a baby too. Like I see, yeah. I, I'm seeing both sides of it. Um, you're okay, good so he won. He won best rap album at the Grammy at the Grammy Awards. Um, yeah, so did Macklemore, and one album and won an album of the year nomination, but. I'm confused. I thought that year he didn't win that because that was the year of the whole Macklemore texting him incident. That no, was that's Kid that's Mad good. Kid Mad right? City, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Macklemore's like, you should have won. Like, <laughs> and then he yeah, put his no text messages on Instagram <laughs> to be like, look yeah. how fucking look how understanding I the am. Ga- the game was <laughs> fucked up back then. Yeah, off, it's off topic. But I had a really scary thought the other day that I was like, I'm like three or four decisions away from being a huge Macklemore fan. Like, yeah, there's there's a time you know, where I just I, love Macklemore. You know, I'm gonna see. I'll admit this right here. I will. He's got this track with DJ Premier that came up on my Spotify. Wasn't bad. It's a newish track. I I hear he has a new album, but the track with DJ Premier uh, was fine. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna shit on him just to shit on him. Okay, I don't <laughs> like. Look, him. Is it called Heroes? Yeah, I'm not that's it. Act- it's a good track. It's not a bad track. I'm not gonna act like I didn't bang Thrift Shop when Thrift Shop came out. All right, it was a bop, and I'm a, I want that on the record that I used to play it. All right, and I'm not ashamed of that. So that's where I'm. The at. first time I heard that song, I was like, "This is kind of cool." I like yeah. this. <laughs> it was kind of cool. <laughs> all right, it was Jack Harlow before he was Jack Harlow. This is, this is disrespectful. We need to move. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's get into the album, Trey. Um, lead us off. What are your top three tracks out of these? Uh, 16 tracks on the album first off you know usually it's very hard to pick bottom three tracks and that was also very hard in this instance but picking three top tracks was extremely difficult Agreed. um so i did i do have an honorable honorable mention section that has three additional tracks <laughs> so, so you uh, just list the whole album <laughs> yeah yeah basically <laughs> um those poor three songs got left out of this nine song set um okay so uh, probably one of my favorite songs of all time and just an absolutely phenomenal and unique song in hip hop um, is, is you. Um, I think you is just amazing. Uh, just the self-hatred and like the personification of like depression and like the doubt. Um, and obviously kind of on the flip side of that, you have all right, that comes right after it. But then you also have I that comes down the road, which is like obviously kind of a two parter UI. Um, I think it's just absolutely magical. I love that song. I could talk about it for the next 45 minutes if we want to. We can do that. Um, <laughs> it's our fucking show. Um, True. <laughs> second song is uh, Complexion. Um, I think the Rhapsody verse in it is like very refreshing uh, for the like just kind of, you know, you have a lot. There's not very many features um, in this in this album. You know, you have like the Snoop Dogg kind of verse and hook-ish. Um, and then you have, you know, like, uh, some like singing and stuff, but, you know, Rhapsody coming through with like a full on like female rapper, 
um, perspective. And then like the story behind that song of like him just kind of sending her the name of the song and being like, I just want to talk. I just want you to talk about like how beautiful you like we are, regardless of like the tint of our skin. Um, something that three white guys uh, from Alabama can't necessarily super <laughs> empathize with, but uh, I think it's really beautiful. <laughs> there are times where I I land at the beach and I get pretty dark and I I, I feel like things change for me. So I yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't yeah. do that anymore. I just get red like <laughs> like a good like white Irishman. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I put the opener uh, as my third top track, Wesley's Theory. Um, while I cannot sing the beginning part of it, um, I think that every uh, fella is a star. Every fell, every yeah. feller is a star. Um, uh, I think too close to that. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, closer. Yeah. Back. Um, uh, I think the George Clinton, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure George Clinton and Thundercat pretty much flipped this entire song on its head. Uh, Chad has something queued up to talk about Wesley's Theory specifically. Uh, so that song is amazing. It really sets the tone for like, Hey, this album is going to go all over the place. It's going to like, it's going to be freeform jazz. It's going to be hip hop. It's going to have some pop structure. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit later once we get into like ratings and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Wesley's theory, amazing. And then for honorable mention, I won't go into specifically uh, mortal man, which we've already talked about, uh, these walls and I, which it's like the lot, the album version of I, which is like kind of a pseudo live version. Yeah, um, I think those three all all deserve to be be talked about as well. Chad, what were what were your top three? Um, what you said, a couple thoughts. So what you said about Wesley's theory, the only thing I just noticed when I was looking through it that Flylo produced it, and I was like, what was that Flylo song that like Kendrick and him had a song before this, and I found it. It was called Never Catch Me, and it's cool ass song yeah super cool song yeah so i'm assuming that this was probably made i bet it was that session i bet they were working together and getting stuff done Flylo's like give me a track i'll give you your intro because it's right around the same time um Flylo so, also has a version of for sale apparently that's never like seen the light of day like he has a whole ooh. yeah so he, i think he's pretty heavily involved sorry go ahead so i found it extremely difficult to uh find a top three tracks for this because when you look at the album in totality, everything kind of weaves together, you know, like these walls matters because like these walls matters for you. And then all right matters because of you. And like, it stacks on top of each other. And so it, it's a little bit of a different album. Like it doesn't do as good of a job as, from a storytelling perspective is good kid mad city because good kid mad city is like hey picture me in a night or a week and this is my life where this is more like i'm gonna touch inequality i'm gonna touch you know being sad about a relationship i'm gonna touch feeling empowered like you go from king kunta which is like i'm the absolute shit and you cannot touch me and you rap you have a ghostwriter and then you're three tracks away from that you get to you and it's like i'm fucking miserable and i don't even want to be here and and it still kind of puzzles me like how you can even do that on an album and make it feel like a cohesive project so really my top three tracks are really just off purely off of sound and what i prefer in hip-hop so these walls, I feel like, is the best song on the album. 
Um, it's actually Kendrick's favorite song on the album, which I found out today. And uh, I had a quote that I thought that was interesting from him. He did an interview with Rosenberg in 2015. He said, it's a record that I've always wanted to make, but never knew how to make. I wasn't in a place to do it. There's records that I've always loved. Let's take I, for instance, right, Trey? It's one of your favorites. It's unique. I would have never made that record 10 years ago or even two years ago. So it's the same thing with these walls. I love this record. I've always loved records like these, but I didn't know how to make it or better yet. I didn't know if I was ready to make it. And I think that's nice. why it stands out yeah. because it's, 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 it's a sound unlike anything else in his discography. And it leads into maybe one of the most emotionally charged songs on the album, which Trey turns out to love. Right. I think, I think depending <laughs> on who you are, it could be, you, you know, Hey, I like yeah. you because it makes me feel this way. I like these walls. Um, my second one is mama. I just have always loved the beat on that song. Every time that song comes on, I get chills. I don't know what it is, but ever since that album came out, I loved it. And then this is going to be maybe a weird pick because I don't feel like a lot of people think about this song when they think about this album, but I love bars. I want to hear bars constantly. And hood politics is bars. Yes. I knew it. Yeah. And when he talks about what I love is when he talks about, uh, First off, I don't, when he talks about people who miss rapping and you don't listen to Killer Mike, like in 2015, who the who was missing rapping? Like we had just come off like how many great albums did we come off in the past like three years leading up to this? We had Good Kid, Mad City, Schoolboy Q, Oxymoron. <laughs> um, I'll ignore that. ASAP Rocky's album. I mean, we had a bunch of we had a bunch watching of watching really, movies with the sound off. I was yeah, watching movies with the sound off. Um, the Jake Center. Yep. Well, and you know it's born centered. Oh my god, um, <laughs> born centered aged very well. It has aged really well. You know, so I'm not gonna body Trey because I found tweets today where he didn't like born center, but they were from eight years ago. So I'm not gonna body him, but I'm just gonna I'm not gonna pull up the actual receipts. But if you guys want to go search his Twitter, it's free and open to you to see that. It's so good because so don't I, let him lie to you on here and gang up on me. I said, I said I it's H well. I bodied Trey in a similar matter, and he yelled at me and quit the podcast for a week. So it's probably smart that you didn't body him just now. Oh god damn it! Yeah. Fuck off. Well, if he ever quits the podcast again, just bring me on. We could talk about real hip hop instead of freaking audio slave or whatever the hell's going on when I'm out here. Whoa! <laughs> hey. Better catching strays. What the fuck? Well, I mean, yeah. well, okay, right. <laughs> oh, God. Well, not it, anymore. It, it wasn't yeah. a stray. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds way worse than what I was thinking. <laughs> it, was with, it was with intent. Oh, oh yikes. God. Yikes. Um, okay. Yeah, Blake, please continue with your top three. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna wax poetic as Trey would say on a, on a couple of these. So sorry in advance if I if I talk too long. Um, first one, how much a dollar costs? Ooh. I fucking love that song. I love the message of it because so the ending of the song is um, he looked at me and said, "Your potential is bittersweet." I looked at him and said, "Every nickel is mine to keep." He looked at me and said, "Know the truth; it'll set you free." You're looking at the Messiah, the Son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth, and I'll tell you. Just how much a dollar costs, the price of having a spot in heaven, embrace your loss, I am God. So obviously the theme of the song is 
he meets a homeless man asking for money. Kendrick doesn't want to do it because no, it's my money. I worked for it. You don't do shit. And it's ends up being God. Okay. You lost your spot in heaven. I'm not a religious person, right? Like I don't, I don't relate to it in that sense, but I love the song because it almost like his guilt obviously comes from his religion. Right. And I think that's what religion does for a lot of people. Whereas I think all of us, like seeing a homeless person, if you don't help them in some way or seeing someone who is disparaged in one way or another, not helping them, you feel your own sense of guilt for however, however you've developed that guilt, that sense of empathy and a conscience. And like, I think the song does a really good job of painting this story where you're kind of on Kendrick's side. And then at the end, it's like, you realize that he was being a fucking asshole. And I think that's kind of what mm-hmm. like a lot of us feel like when we go through <clears throat> similar things like that. And so I just love like that song. And I like the reveal at the end. Like, I think it's just really well written and, and enjoyable to listen to. Um, second one, hood politics. Yes. Um, yes. So fucking good. <laughs> so fucking good. Fire. And the highlight for me is from Compton to Congress, Congress. set tripping all, all around. around. Ain't, Ain't nothing, nothing new, new but a flu of new Democrats and Rebloodikins, red state versus blue state, blue state which, which one you govern? They give us guns and drugs, call us thugs, make it they promise to fuck with you, no condom, they fuck with you, Obama say what it do. That fucking line, dude, is so... <laughs> not only does he spit it so, so masterfully in the way that he, like, flows in that song, but this to me, like, he covers a lot of the album like you talked about, Chad, but, like, this is kind of why it's the running joke of why like white people love it so much because like he's throwing shit in our faces that I think a lot of white people had not heard or been involved in or cared about. And now he's rapping on it. Now they're acting like, Oh, this is important. We need to talk about this. And it's like, you can tell for him, this is what he grew up in. This is what he's had to deal with. Right? Like we know about how the government red or blue governments, they, how they treat, minorities black americans what they've done over uh, the course of our country and to hear him talk about it in this way like the song is like fun it's upbeat and it's enjoyable but he's talking about something extremely serious and it's just like it's cool that he can do that and i know that like us us three talking about this is kind of the antithesis of like what the album is but it's also cool because it brings to light a conversation that i think a lot of people were not having at this time right especially kids my age who were going into college at this time, or maybe at the end of high school that grew up in the South and grew up in suburbs, like they may not know the reality of those situations. So for him to bring them up the way that he did, I thought it was really cool. Um, so that's, that's my number two. Um, and I think it's also, yeah, I think it's also kind of important to point out this, like a pre Donald Trump America where like we could kind of have these conversations and like be, you know, you're allowed to be mad at everybody. It also, after, yeah. Sorry, after Donald Trump comes through. You're not like you, it's, it, there's, it's a different, it's an entirely different feel to be able to, to be mad at the government as a whole. Yeah. You know right. I mean? It also, it also predates like the prevalence of black lives matter. You know, like mm-hmm. think about it's kind of hard to remember a world where that wasn't considered a worthy cause world to everyone. Right. And then for a song off of this to become, you know, all right, to essentially become the anthem of that. You know, if you look yeah. up things about all right, they that's the, that's the anthem of a movement. I mean, yeah, I mean, he gets shot by the police in the video. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you know, and I and you know, people Blake thinks I will just follow Kendrick to the end of the earth. Probably, it's not true. It's true. Um, what and something that I wanted to say that I, I found extremely disappointing is you know when he you know he gets like you said Blake he gets shot in the video when he performed it at the BET Awards he did it on top of a police car um but then when he did it at the Super Bowl. They asked him not to say, we yep, hate the Popo, want to kill us in the streets for sure. Yeah. And he didn't say it. And I thought that was whack as shit. I yeah. thought it completely defeats the purpose of the song. Because uh, because Dr. Dre got up there and, and said, still not loving police. Said it, didn't even think twice about it. And um, M took a knee. They told Eminem not to take a knee and he took a knee anyway. So that's yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. we're not we're not talking about Eminem. We're talking about real like <laughs> established rappers. Here we fucking go. You know what, Chad? When the show starts, I'm gonna go in on your fucking ass. <laughs> the, oh wait, 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 yeah. When does the show start? <laughs> I haven't read that bit once. <laughs> I, I got to it for you. I jumped. I ruined your bit because you just insulted my boy. Yeah, we're not talking about Eminem. We're talking about a guy with two good albums. Okay. The, yeah. point is, the point is, is like you were saying, they they told both of them, Dre and M, not to do that, and they did it anyway. And Kendrick didn't have the balls to do it. So I get what you're saying. Well, you know, I mean, and it kind of and to kind of flash forward, right? Um, you, you talk about Mr. Morale, which I'm not a big fan of, and, you know, he's not our savior anymore, so maybe he just doesn't do stuff like that anymore. I mean, so I'm going to play devil's advocate, white guy's favorite thing to say. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to play devil's advocate. Like, it's not necessarily, like, it, it, he's not our savior. Like, it's not Kendra's responsibility to be the one to, like, step up and do things like that. Like that's, It's not that's his responsibility not- to sing his songs? it's not his responsibility to be the one that like takes a stand like as an, in, on an individual level. Um, but he I did. think that's a lot, but I think that's a lot of what, what Mr. Morales is about, but we can, we can talk about that's, that. That's another show. Time. That's another show. Yeah. it's another show. We'll yeah, start yeah, that. Yeah. Show later. I'm not, I'm not going to be on that one. Chris will be back. <laughs> well, I think like that, that boils down to a bigger conversation of what role do artists play in our ability, like as a right. society to stand up against, what we view as injustices, right? And this has been that's been an argument since the the sixties, right? The, yeah, yeah. yeah like, are, is it yeah. their place to be this person? And that's a whole other right. debate. Um, I guess so, I just found it personally I, disappointing. That was my point. yeah. I don't, I, dis- I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree. I mean, here's the thing: my goat obviously wouldn't do that because he took a knee, so I can't really relate <laughs> to you. Um, but you know, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Your your goat's track record is unbelievable. He no no homophobic slurs on his track record. Oh, no, we drop no, 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 a couple no, f words, and you know, it's uh, all of a sudden we're a villain in this country. Unbelievable. Um, so my third favorite, my third favorite song, or not my third favorite, my first favorite song, and my third one is you. Um, look, maybe because I'm a depressed piece of shit. And I have lived with self-loathing my entire life. I don't know what it is. You know, and I'm not, you guys aren't my therapist. I'll talk to him about this. I'm not trying to get to the bottom of why, but I love this song. The very last words on the track, you should have felt that black revolver blast a long time ago. And if these mirrors could talk and say, you got to go. And if I told your secrets, the world would know money can't stop a suicidal weakness. Holy 
fucking shit. What a fucking bar and what a journey that song takes you on. It's so good. And anybody, not even people that struggle with any type of self-loathing or, de- or depression, anything like that. Anybody who has felt shitty about themselves at one point in their lives, which everybody has, can listen to this song and relate to the journey that he goes on in this song. Like, it's it's the perfect sad boy track. I love everything about it. So that's my that's my number one. Song it's a uh, on it's very album. reminiscent of uh, "Let It All Work Out" on the Carter Five, which I think was also supposed to come out in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> it was delayed 19 times, yeah. um, but uh, but it hits it it hits the same things thematically, like not wanting to be around anymore, or actually, in the case of that Wayne song, attempting it and being saved and than having a prosperous life afterwards. And, like, Kendrick touches that on the very next track, right? Like, hey, we're going to be fine. Like, <laughs> Right. And, it, right. and, you know, the, that's kind of like the more you examine this album, you see the you see the roller coaster that it takes you on because something as aggressive as The Black or The Berry, then you get You Ain't Gotta Lie, which is just this very – um very mellow kind of and then you've got i which picks it back up and the mortal band goes back down like you're just riding that whole roller coaster the whole time yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a fucking journey um we lost trey in the middle of that spiel so we'll just keep it rolling i'm sure he'll jump back in yeah see i Um, was trying to like like i saw him go away and then i was like i guess i gotta keep talking you know what do we this happens uh, i think i think it got better without trey you know like that's that's my opinion (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. We, we're taking over. We're taking oh, over. Dang it, he's I'm back. back. I'm back. I don't know Damn what happened. It. I was just. I, know. I was. I was really loving where Blake was going with you. That's where I lost you. Like right there at the end. Fuck. I like, Dang. No. Yeah. I was, I was right. I was about to cover for you too. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to like say a lot more than I wanted to say to try to fill time to get you back because I figured you want to talk. But then I was thinking about just throwing you under the bus and being like. Trey's a, a 2023 Kendrick apologist. Kendrick doesn't stand up for anything. He thinks Kendrick isn't a savior anymore. He doesn't even understand yeah. Kendrick. I don't himself. think that he directly told us he came that. back, so I'm not going to say it. All right. Well, I'm back now, so. Uh-oh. Sorry. Oh, no. Um, oh, he's a robot. Oh, losing him again. Okay, this is we're good. Lo- this is so weird. No, we're, lo- um, we're losing no, you. No, we're losing you. You're just frozen. All right, yeah, let's uh, let's let's go on without him. <laughs> Chad, I just want to say while you try to figure that out, Chad did not waste a second. He immediately jumped into let's just do the whole podcast without Trey. <laughs> I'll take a spot. Everything will be better without him. Like no hesitation whatsoever. I need to get my people to I'm run on the hamster wheel to get my internet Trey's going better. At this exact moment, just for just put this on the internet. Yeah. He was, um, he was asking this, about the speed of my internet before we got on here. He was all concerned because uh, I live in Alabama. Like, like he thinks they're thro- he thinks they're throttling my internet. He thinks the governor is. I think I don't know. Um, okay, well let's uh, we can start with Chad, but let's um, launch into bottom three tracks. Chad, you have a bottom three. Trey's notorious for not having a bottom three. Yeah, so this was uh, semi impossible, but I do have bottom three. Um, so number one on my bottom three is I, when I, really? when I first came out, 
the non live version. Trey already talked about it. The live version on the album is much better. But when I first came out, that was the lead single off of this. Um, he dropped it before the album came out. I mean, it was the I can't. It, I was heavily concerned for the future of Kendrick Lamar. I was like, I really hope this entire album doesn't sound like I love myself because uh, I was reading something today. I forget who said it, but they compared it to Hey Ya by Outkast. Like it has that level of pop energy to it. And I was like, I was like, that makes some sense. It does kind of have that energy to it. And you know what? I fucking hate Hey Ya. And I don't, and I'm not going to say I hate, I, but it's definitely a bottom three track on the album. Um, I put "You Ain't Got a Lie" as number two. I like it as a song. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't think it's a bad song whatsoever. But the blacker the berry could have just ended the album. It's so tough. Like like to end on a note like that, I would have been fine with it. Um, and then I know Trey put "Mortal Man" in his top three. Um, I put it in my bottom three because um, it's easily the most skippable song because it's the last song and it's 12 minutes long. And I don't know how many of you guys want to hear Kendrick talk to Tupac over and over and over again, but I, I do not. Um, Tupac, who is alive, by the way. Tupac, Tupac who <laughs> who came back from the island he's been on to talk to Kendrick <laughs> yeah. one time and then never to be heard from again. Yeah. I mean, he was a hologram too. I mean, like this is this is like a... Uh, did the hologram happen before or after this album? I think way before, before, way before, right? before. Yeah, it was yeah. like substantially before. It was when I was in high school, so it was like yeah, I, don't, I, I, I remember that whole thing. It was uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Tupac was alive that night. Why couldn't he be alive on uh, you know? Very true. To pimp a butterfly. Yeah, that's very fair. All right, so bottom three for you. What do you got, Blake? Okay, so. I am not a huge fan of Institutionalized with uh, Snoop on it. I don't know. it. Like, going from King Kunta into Institutionalized, it really kills my fucking vibe. Like, I was listening to the album earlier and just those tracks back to back. I just don't. I'm going to play it for myself real quick. I just, like, I really enjoy the beat, but I don't like what he's doing in the beginning. Like, he starts rapping. I don't like I don't like Snoop's feature. I just don't like a lot about the song. So that was a big thing for me. Um, so that one's down there in the bottom. Um, Mama. Oh, God. Mama's, Mama's oh. okay. Interesting. I'm ignoring I'm ignoring interludes, right? So I'm not doing for sale. I'm not doing for yeah, free, which I, I would like that would to be do. A cop out. I thought that would be yeah. a cop out. Well, how would you do for free? For free is like the best interlude ever, though. That's a good. <laughs> this week ain't a- free. A- yeah, that, yeah, no. That should be one of your top three. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't love Mama. And again, I don't like, they're not personal gripes I have with it to the sure. point where like, I skip them or anything to that nature. They're just on the bottom. When the rest of the album is as stacked as it is, it's hard to put songs in the bottom like this. Um, But then uh, Mortal Man, like same reason you said, I don't want to sit and listen to a 12 minute exit lewd. Essentially. It's not really what I'm about. I mean, I, I enjoy it in the context of the album. It makes sense. It is cool. Like the conversation 
conversation quote unquote they're having and how it rounds off the album which i really enjoy but yeah like 12 minutes for any song unless it's a fish song like i'm not really into it um i will say this i want to backtrack i want to backtrack this version of i was very close to being my top three i love this version of i on the album so fucking much i think it's a great song and i i understood people's gripes because the the original I, the single version, I don't fucking like. Yeah, I don't like I it I just either. don't like it. Like, it's... Agreed. It's poppy. It's campy, as Trey would say. I don't fucking like it. And, like, same thing with you. When that came out, I was like, dude, like, is the album going to be like this, this man? Like, don't put me through this. Up. And I appreciate this version more. I love, like, the the interrupting he's doing with himself throughout it, where he's, like, talking to the crowd and shit. And, like... I know you guys said it's a live album or it's a live version, but it's not actually a live version, right? Like, I think it's made. I think it's made to seem like it's live, right? He's yeah. like, like he does in the studio, then adds shit after. I think yeah. that's what it sounds like. Um, so I love this version of I, and I, I definitely get your gripes with the song in general, but this version is really fucking cool to me, and I love the the spiel he goes on at the end, um, which is is really cool to me. But yeah, so those are my bottom three. I, I should have thrown I in my honor mention but i forgot about it and uh i think we stalled long enough to get trey back so can you all yeah, hear me trey, back? You, yeah trey last time you were here you sounded a little daft punky and we're not we're <laughs> not reviewing random access memories so maybe get your get your internet together yes <laughs> okay cool no it's pretty it's just really annoying honestly because i sit in fucking zoom meetings all day long there's not a single glitch when i'm talking about metrics and kpis and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. here we are me trying to do something i actually love and it's oh, like, can somebody, can, some, uh. can somebody <laughs> let Trey know that the show started <laughs> are we, are we there live it is. There um it is. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So we're under my bottom three, right? I, yeah. I heard all of y'all's, um, by the way. Okay. So my bottom three, I also have, you ain't got to lie on here. Um, I think it's just, it's not a weak song in general, uh, but I think it's the weakest song on the album. Um, I just don't love it. Um, I also put all right, um, in here, uh, just because oh, what? let me tell you, why, <laughs> let me tell you why, let me tell you why. It's the same reason that listen, you got to pick three because I've decided I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna rip the bandaid off. I didn't want to pick either of these other two. All right, I do that just for you. I appreciate um, that. And the only reason I put all right is just because of the fact that it was played everywhere all the time. Yeah, because um, of a movement. Yeah, I knew that was yeah. After we said that earlier, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna get fucked for this. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Sorry, they're playing it everywhere to try to yeah. inspire so- a movement. Sorry, Trey, that your yeah. white guilt is overriding yeah. your your yeah. sense of music. Jesus, yeah. great. Internet goes down. It calls yeah. a racist. Like we didn't call you a racist. Wait, real quick though, before you continue, can you um, move your camera up to show your Blue Lives Matter flag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I actually have it tattooed right here on my chest. Nice. So I'll never leave home without it. Respect. Yo, there's a guy at the front of my neighborhood that has a Confederate flag and like three different Trump flags. And every time I pass by his house at 5 30 in the morning, um, I just like lay on my horn. It's like respect. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Hey, Wait, I don't know. I, you guys can't see Trey because this is a podcast, but he's wearing a Morgan Wallen t shirt. <laughs> Also got that tattoo over here, baby. Wait, before Yeehaw. you continue, I just have to say, I went to a bar the other day. Like, I tried a new bar to watch March Madness. We get to the bar, my friend and I, and we order a pitcher, and we, like, pour our beers, whatever. I look up, fucking thin blue line flag Ooh. hanging from the rafters, and then in the background, 
don't California my Colorado. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, right at home, no. baby. Were you like, I hate to tell you this, buddy, but your Colorado has been California. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Big time. You're, like you're about 20 years, years ago. Late on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, my last uh, my last bottom track, which I really, really like the song. So this was uh, difficult. It's Mama. Oh, um, my God. I know. You I guys know. both did it. I, you guys are both stupid. <laughs> well, okay. So here's why. I, here's why. I, here's why I picked Mama. Kind of in the same way what you're talking about, like with these walls and you and and all right, mm-hmm. or like institutionalized these walls. You like kind of that roller coaster that you're talking about. Um, I feel like Mama doesn't necessarily contribute in that way or benefit from for sale or like contribute directly to hood politics. Um, so that was that was. But the song itself is amazing. On any other album, it'd probably be a top three song yeah it's impossible um, to do you're, you're not an it's idiot. impossible blake's an idiot you're not an idiot okay I'll take it back. wait why, why is blake an idiot the whole the whole eminem thing it's it broke oh, gotcha. yeah um so that yeah those are the those are my bottom three seems like my internet's back so that's good that's good uh that dude, that's good. sick dude that is yeah. really sick i do want to say uh three diamond records by the way um just wanted to throw that in there for eminem three diamond records mm-hmm. okay that's um, a lot there's lots yeah. of white people a lot of white okay. people <laughs> he's yeah, not wrong yeah, that yeah, is yeah, just from a numbers yeah. perspective yeah <laughs> um before we go into overall rating something that we haven't talked about um throughout the for, for the whole whole pieces uh the the poem that's yeah. like you know slowly like let through the album which i think is a really cool like narrative device mm-hmm. um and like the begin the end of it like with uh is it is it the end of i or is it the end of mortal man where he's like mortal really man reads, he reads it to tupac he, yeah he reads it to tupac and like the sound design behind that like the end of it was like wings begin to emerge breaking the cycle of feeling stagnant finally free the butterfly sheds light on situations that the caterpillar never considered ending the internal struggle although the butterfly and caterpillar are completely different they're one and the same um i think it's just absolutely beautiful um and could be just like its own song like the not just that part like the poem in general um and I, you know, obviously this album is a lot about like Kendrick struggle and like the struggle of, of uh, black men and black women in America. Um, but I think like if you really dive into this album a little bit deeper, like it's just about the human struggle in general, or mm-hmm. you can perceive it that way. You know, everyone perceives art differently. Um, but like this poem for me really made it like kind of like hit home that like we all deal with these like not the same struggles obviously um and not on the same level but like just the feelings of like insecurity and depression um and you know like the evils of money mm-hmm. and the evils of government and all of these different evils and that like that's why like mortal man is just on a whole other tier of song i understand that like an outro with 12 minute outro and like an interview and stuff isn't the most musical thing um, but like, it really just like ties the entire album together. Uh, and you know, I kind of want that poem on my wall somewhere, right under my blue lives matter. Flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think to me, like the more of what he's talking about, or at least what I have always taken from it is what people that grow up in poverty, what they face. And obviously there, there are racial undertones because America has, constructed a system where they black people are forced into poverty more than white people. Right. Like I think Mm -hmm. everybody can agree to that, but like 
to me, it's about how when somebody from poverty comes out of poverty, how their community looks on them. And and Kendrick, the whole album talks a lot about dealing with the fact that he came from a poverty stricken area. And for him, it was a lot of it was due to, to racial biases in this country. But to to get out of that and be successful, there are always going to be people from that community and from that life that look down upon you in some way. And then you as a person are going to struggle with how to deal with that, right? Like, do you want to be the rich person? Do you want to be the person from your, your poverty stricken community? Do you want to be a little bit of both? What do you do? What do you not do? And like, that is something that for me is interesting to listen to because, you know, I grew up a middle-class American, right? So it's like, and I'll probably always be a middle-class American. That's never going to change, but there are people like Kendrick that grow up in poverty and then become wildly successful with a shit ton of money. And they have this battle of, well, how do I balance where I came from with where I am now? Yeah. And I think that was kind of the coolest theme of the album for me. Yeah. I, I watched an interview with Kendrick recently about the original name for the album. Just to point, just to piggyback on what Trey was saying uh, about the caterpillar at the end of mortal man, the original title of the album was to pimp a caterpillar. And Kendrick said the reason it was that way is because it kind of spells Tupac, T-O-P-A-C. And uh, I think originally this album was about a lot of the things that Tupac was saying when he was alive, particularly the Black or the Berry. It, it sounds like a song Tupac could have made. Um, but I think when he was making this album, he probably figured out that, Hey, you know, I've got something a little bit bigger than a love letter to Tupac. So maybe we'll change the name. Do not make it painfully obvious that, that that's what it's about. Um, yeah, so I think, so dick I think, riding, bro, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Lay <laughs> off. Mouth, I can see it, <laughs> but, but it's clear, but it's, <laughs> it's clearly, um, it's clearly a heavy influence for him at this time. I don't know who influences him anymore because the the album that he put out wasn't good. But um, uh, Jesus, I wish it was good. I wish it was good more than anything. But um, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's tough. My goat doesn't have any bad albums, so I can't relate, <laughs> oh, buddy. But- <laughs> I mean, y'all can sit here and lie to me and say that Encore isn't a masterpiece, but I'm not going to take you seriously. Your goat, um, your goat doesn't even like half of his discography. <laughs> he, he admits it on other albums that also aren't good. All right, listen. <laughs> drugs are a hell of a drug, all right? Drugs are a hell of a drug. <laughs> okay, so launching before we launch into final reviews um, from us, um, Rolling Stone gave it a four and a half out of five. They say the, Compton's M- the Compton MC's second major label album is a masterpiece of fiery outrage, deep jazz, and ruthless self-critique. Um, the first paragraph is, Thank that, thanks to D'Angelo's Black Messiah and Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, 2015 will be remembered as the year radical black politics and for real black music resurged in tandem to converge on the nation's pop mainstream. Malcolm X said our African ancestors didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on us. The cover of Lamar's second major label LP flips that maxim with Fantasia of bare-chested young hood rocks flashing cash and booze on the White House grounds. America's most unwanted, victoriously swarming, a toppled symbol of pale-skinned patriarchy. So the reason I bring that up and read the first paragraph is, do you think that this was the album that brought this stuff to the forefront for a lot of our generation? Or do you think there was a hip-hop album that did it before this album did it in the way that Kendrick did? 
I think there's a lot of hip hop hip hop albums that did it before Kendrick and a lot of songs and things like that. But as far as our generation of like commonly listened to pop music, this is probably it for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, the- from a superstar perspective, someone with as much star power as Kendrick for him to come from Good Kid, Mad City, which is phenomenal in its own right to like kind of flip. I mean, like he was never making sounds like this before. I'll get into that in a second, but um, yeah, I would probably, I would probably say it was, it was him for our generation. Yes. Um, Yes. And up until this point, I mean, I'm trying to think of every hip hop album I know. I mean, up until this point, it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Up until this point, a lot of hip hop albums just allowed you to peer into that life like good kid mad city or illmatic ready to die ready to die, ready to die. Like absolutely but no, i i can't think of an album that tackled social issues in this way maybe I, I the only other one that i would say that tackles social issues in a really important way is the miseducation of lauren hill um and that predates this by 17 or 18 years. Um, But that's also kind of an R&B album too. Um, I mean, she raps a bunch, but um, for our generation, I would say, no, I can't think of another one that, that means more. That's fair. It's definitely fair. Um, Pitchfork gave it a 9.3 out of 10. One of the rare um, W's by Pitchfork. The dense and complex follow-up to Good Kid, Mad City is wry, theatrical, chaotic, ironic, and mournful, often all at once. And I'm not going to read the rest of it because I don't like pitchwork. Me either. Yeah. Um, But they, um, yeah, I mean, they gave it an overwhelming uh, good review. So with that being said, Trey, let us know. What is your your top, or not your top, sorry. What is your rating? So taking even like all, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about out of it, like the lyrical, you know, context and all that from a music perspective, like this album is just, it's just so well done. It's all over the place. Like juxtaposition is like the word that I think of a lot when I think of this album, like you have so much like fighting against itself and it all works. Like it, it should, none of this should work in an album together. Kind of like what Chad was talking about, like the up and down of the roller coaster. Um, this album's a clear 10 out of 10. Um, not only is it, in my opinion, the best rap album ever made, I think it's a probably top five album ever made in general. Um, Rolling Stone, I think has it on 19 in their top 500 of albums ever made. Um, I would probably be much more generous with that and probably put it in the top five, top 10. Um, it, and uh, I think Chad disagrees disagrees that it's even Kendrick's best album. Um, but I absolutely love it, and 10 out of 10 all day. Nice. Very fair. Chad, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to backtrack off that a little bit. I don't, I'm not going to say it's not Kendrick's ba- best album. The way I view Good Kid, Mad City is like the way that people – talk about like like when people talk about saturday night live they're like what was your best favorite cast from saturday night live most of the time they say like when i was in high school when i was in college like when i was young and like when good kid mad city came out i was young and i loved it and kendrick was my tupac and like you know it 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 felt different so like i can't be rational about that album i'm never going to be 
Um, I would give this album a nine out of 10. And the only reason is because I think there's a better version of it. The better version of it if, is if the black or the berry goes straight into moral man, mortal man, you cut out, you ain't got a lie and you cut out. I, and you've got the most Tupac version to the most Tupac song, the black or the berry going into a conversation with Tupac. Then you got a 10 out of 10. I think I can't think of a rap album that I would just give a unanimous 10 out of 10 anymore. I mean, like if you want to go my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, but like there's one track on there. I don't like, um, there's, you know, it's it's impossible. What's that Jay-Z verse? (laughs) <laughs> we don't talk about that Jay Z verse. Sometimes I'll be in the car with Shania and randomly I'll just be like, like we'll just be driving, listening to like whatever, and I'll be like, Godzilla, Loch Ness, Dracula, King Kong, Loch Ness, <laughs> Goblin, Ghoul, Zombie with no conscience. Zombies. <laughs> First off, a zombie inherently has no conscience, so yeah. like that's kind of uh, derivative. But, One of the worst I, but I mean, the point I'm trying to make is, is like I don't know if I can give anything a ten out of ten. This is as close as it gets. Like, there's there's one song I'm not a big fan of. I, I'm not even saying you you ain't got a lie should be cut because it's a bad song. I just it doesn't fit if you're going to make that version of the album, so you just cut it out. I don't see anywhere else you could you could place it in that makes sense. So that's why it's a nine out of 10 for me, but I'm not going to argue with it being one of the best rap albums ever. It is um, top five for sure for me, you know, and it just kind of speaks to Kendrick's greatness because I mean, all I listen to is hip hop and R and B for the most part. And he's got two of my top five ever. It's what makes Mr. Morale so disappointing. That's why I, I keep saying that just to piss Trey off. Um, will you guys let me know when the show starts? I will say I I have long said I think the two greatest albums of all time, undisputed, are The Wall by Pink Floyd is the first album, and the second album is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So those albums are 10 out of 10s for me. And I will never change my mind on that. And I will never love an album more than I love The Wall. But with that being said, the first time I listened to Pimp Butterfly, every time I've listened to it afterwards, and probably every time I will ever listen to it, I love this album. It's a fucking 10 out of 10 for me. It's amazing. The The themes that he tackles are complex. They're beautiful in the way that he does it. The musical aspect of it is amazing. The lyricism is phenomenal. I like that it makes you question things. I like that you can fucking bop around to it i like that there's heavy songs that i'm sure transition well live i don't know he's never played them live for me (laughs) but i think that just everything about this album is is so unique and powerful in its own way and i just i don't know there's not a hip-hop album that i a lot of hip-hop albums that i love the way that i love this one um good kid mad city is phenomenal and good kid mad city has grown on me exponentially i wasn't a huge fan of it when I was younger, now that I listen to it, I mean, I don't think there's a song in there that I skip. I do think this album's a lot better. Um, and I probably will always think that. So I'm landing on a 10. The, the thing that, the thing that tells it all here is if you look at the other albums that were released in 2015, the notables, I, I, I got the notables summertime. Oh six by Vince staples. If, Not you, bad. if you're reading this, it's too late. Probably bad. Drake's best album. 
Whoa, I like that album. Trey, yeah. you can't talk yeah, to Trey about yeah, it, yeah. though. <laughs> it's probably, it's, it's honestly, if you like Drake, it's probably his best album. Um, DS2 by Future. Good kit, good oh, AM. Oh, I love Birdie Sprite 2, though. <laughs> good AM, Mac Miller, one of his best albums. Um, yeah. Action Bronson, Mr. Wonderful, and Cherry Bomb by Tyler, the Creator. Those are the notables for 2015 Ooh. for me, as far as rap albums. And if you mentioned them in the same breath as To Pimp a Butterfly in any other way, despite them all sharing a year, it would be an absolute insult to the album. It would be. I mean, you're... I don't. Good AM, it's hard for me to say that, but I don't necessarily disagree with you. Yeah, I I, that, you just though. love Mac Miller, and I get it. But it's yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but but there's no other album in the entire year. I mean, how many how many years in hip hop have we had? You know, oh man, this this year's so great. We got this, this, and that. Like, how many years can you think of where it's like this album is untouchable compared to anything else that was put out by anyone ever? It's tough. I mean, 2013 is up there with like phenomenal releases, but I don't think any one of them pulls away from the others. You know? Yeah, I would I be surprised kind of if you. I, I would be surprised if you could find an album that has a it, that's further ahead in this race than To Pimp a Butterfly is from the rest of wanna, the year. Do you want to know what one album of the year um, over To Pimp a Butterfly? 1989 by Taylor Swift. One album <laughs> of the year. One the Grammy of the year. Respect. Uh, well, I've been saying fuck the Grammys for a long time. Most people have talked about I mean, fuck the, yeah. I think fuck the Grammys, but yeah. there's a certain, there's still a certain like, I mean, album of the year is such a huge deal. You know what I mean? And like, there, there should be weight behind it, even if there's not. So I it's think still frustrating when this type of shit happens. I think like any, I think hip hop, hip hop will never be taken seriously by the Grammys ever, ever. That's never no. going to happen. But I think hip hop albums being nominated for album of the year is is substantial enough like they should hold that to that that it speaks to their credit i started hating the grammys this chad's gonna love this i started hating the grammys when that robert plant album won over recovery in 2011 that shit pissed me the fuck off i will never forget it okay i still remember it and it pisses me off 2011 you're a sophomore in high school and i right then and there i was 15 years old i was like fuck these people fuck everything they've ever said i'm never taking it seriously again incredible (laughs) okay so that wraps up uh, to Pimp a Butterfly. Do you guys have any final thoughts or should we move on to Rides or Dies? Let's go ahead and move on to Rides or Dies because, I mean, at this point, we're going to have a two-hour podcast. I don't even give a shit. This album deserves it. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I could keep going, honestly, but I'll stop. Fantastic, <laughs> okay. fantastic album. Um, Agree. Just there's there's no other words that you can speak for. Just simply fantastic. I, I didn't like giving it a 9 out of 10. I just don't feel right. Um rating anything 10 out of 10 because i'm admitting that there's that it's absolutely perfect and i don't and i don't know if that exists because i'm a realist (laughs) that is fair because i'm better than you i'm more realistic (laughs) okay so my song was hive by earl sweatshirt featuring vince staples and casey veggies um earl has two verses casey sings the chorus Vince comes in at the end with a fucking heater of a verse. I've been on an odd future kick recently because it was yesterday was the birthday of oldie, the video with all the odd future members and all their verses. I fucking love that song. I love that video. Um, so it sent me down in the style to trip. 
and I had to listen to uh, I, I rinsed the entire Doris album. Um, nice back when Earl was good and relevant. So um, this was the song I picked off of. So I'm gonna let it ride here for a second. Fish netted legs for them eyes that she catered to. Ride dirty is the fucking sky that you praying to. So here I sit, I in a pyramid. God spit it like it's true serum in that beer and then disappear again. Reappear bearded on top of a leer steering it into the kids' ear again. <laughs> so I just wanna, I didn't play it because I was going a little long. I just want to say the next line is provider of the backdrop drop backdrop music for the crack rock user Earl, which I don't think anything sums up Earl's music better than that. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> With that being said, what do you guys think? Um, okay, I'll go first. First off, this song rides, this album rides. I remember buying this album at a Best Buy when I was driving down to go to a court appearance in Gulf Shores, Alabama. <laughs> um, Mad respect. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, the song the song rides. You know, it just, it's it also disappointing, though, because it's like, dude, your skill yeah. level is just head and shoulders above so many people. Yeah. And you kind of, you squandered it. He, he squandered, he squandered his position. Yeah. Weird, he threw an accent in there. Not sure where that came from, but it yeah. was like a soccer reference. I've been watching a lot of time uh, last uh, week. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're giving it a ride? <laughs> I'm giving it a ride. It's hard rides. All right, Chad, what do you got? It most certainly rides. Um, it makes me think about the Taco Bell in Auburn, Alabama. I believe it's on Gay Street. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I listened to it there with Trey one time. Um, Probably. In the line. In the and I was like, hey, play this song because this song is fucking awesome. Um, I saw Earl one time uh, at a at a Saturn, which is a venue here in Birmingham. wasn't great. I was bummed. Yeah, I don't imagine his live shows are terribly enjoyable. To I be saw honest. him at Buku. I saw him at Buku, and that was early on, and I actually really enjoyed it. But he was I playing just... new shit, and I wanted to hear that this song. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay, so uh, next up, Chad, we have your song. So introduce it for us. Yeah, so my song is uh, Two Tens by Corday and Anderson Pock. This is the. Uh, the second time I believe they've linked up, the other song is called RMP. And if you haven't heard RMP, it's also a banger. So two bangers for you. Go ahead and roll two tens for them. Okay, the last time we tried that, it didn't end well. Plus, you never know the story that they friends tell. And off the brown liquor, nigga, feel like Denzel. Out in Washington, in the D.C. with a chocolate bitch. Little freak bitch, get geeked off erratic shit. So what you do? Shut the club up uh, like so y'all can Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to leave this off. Uh, I love Corday, honestly. I really like that. What's that? Um, hold up. What's that Corday album that the Forever? What is it? No, the, the Lost, Lost Boy. Boy. The Forever Story is good. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's that's my thirty showing. You're, once, yeah. you, once your thirty yeah. starts showing, <laughs> damn. Fuck. Um, I like the Lost Boy a lot. I think that album is really fucking good. So I don't listen to a ton of Corday, but I do like him, and I really enjoy the song. Obviously, Anderson Pack. Anytime he's on a track. It's it's great. One of the highlights, Anderson Pack for me is the song Giannis with Freddie Gibbs. Just got to throw that out there. That song fucking bangs. Um, but for this song, it's a hard rides for me. Trey, what do you got? 
Um, also hard rides. The music video for the song, by the way, is absolutely hilarious. Uh, it's Corday and Anderson Pack like doing exactly what they're talking about in the song, where they're like <laughs> in the club, like debating whether or not to go after these girls or whatever, like debating whether or not to have a have a, a wild night. You know, it reminds me of like remember when you and I used to sing "Guilty Conscience" to each other? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, that was very yeah. similar to our lives. We contemplate murdering people constantly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I walked into my trailer with my woman cheating on me many times. Yeah, and um, shot her <laughs> and the guy she was cheating with. Yeah, and you right. tried to tell me not to, but I did it anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it reminds me of that like back and forth, like conversational thing that that happens sometimes in rap music. So really nice. Um, and then my song, I'll just go right into it. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa! I no, I, I hate to cut you off, but. I just want to make it abundantly clear that if I bring a song to Ride or Dies, it rides. Simple <laughs> as that. You know, I unanimously deciding for all of us. I honestly kind of don't disagree with him. He's going to come in with some heat. He's not going to miss. 100%. Trey doesn't get to just start his song. You just need to acknowledge the fact. And and if you guys, if for the love of God, if you'll let me know when this starts, I'll stop talking all this shit. I'll act normal. <laughs> First off, I gotta say, had I remembered that Chad was such an avid Eminem hater, I would have used "fac" as my rides or dies. Furious! Huge. I should have said something. I really should have said something. Okay, it's with your song. All right, so my song is uh, called "Sophie" uh, by this girl named Arlo Parks. Uh, Christian actually showed uh, her to me. Um, but she has this album called Collapse and Sunbeams, which like I just love the name of the album, and it's also really good. So if y'all I did enjoy this, which I'm not sure if you did or not, which we'll find out in just a second. That's kind of the whole point of this segment. Um, uh, you should check it out. So uh, run it a little bit further, though, like maybe uh, like 55 seconds in. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a rides. I like it. I like the vibe it's given off. You know, it's it's kind of Lord-esque, but like more new age Lord, a little bit more musically um, entranced, I would say. Uh, I like her voice a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Hard awesome. rides. Chad? Yeah, I'm going to say hard rides on this. Um, I'm actually familiar with uh, Arlo Parks, thanks to Trey. Um on my bachelor party this past year, he played the song Hurt while we were on the way out of town. And I was fucking hurt because my West Virginia Mountaineers lost to their biggest rival. And it it made, was that, not the 600 beers you drank over the course I was, of four days. I was, hurt, I was hurt from all the beers by Saturday. Physically I, I and can, emotionally. By Saturday, I can only have 15 beers because I was, I was struggling to drink. By Sunday, I couldn't do anything. It, uh, and we he played the song, and I, I honestly I don't care about Trey's pick. I only care about the one song he played for me. So it rides, you know. Like the other song that this person also performs rides. So that song rides. Simple as that. Yeah, it makes my heart happy that you remember me playing. So that's just amazing, yeah. Well, honestly. and also quick shout out to Steely Dan. Steely Dan was played a bunch uh, during my bachelor party for some reason. I, I thought I thought Steely Dan was just one guy. 
It's not. It's not. It's just not. A guy named it turns Dan. out it's not. <laughs> Holy uh, shit! Hey, I, I just thought about something. I'm sorry. I just remembered this. I was drunk as shit the other night with one of my friends, and I was talking about how much fucking 80s music sucks. Fat balls, and he says, "And oh my god," he said, "There's no way Trey agrees with you on that." And I was like, "He absolutely does." He fucking except hates except for music. Steely Dan. Yeah, right. so, except for Steely so Dan. He texted the fantasy basketball group and was like, "Trey, are you here?" And I was like, "He left that group." And since my friend Sam was like, "No, I don't believe this. I guarantee you, Trey likes eighties music." I was like, "It was All Sam." Right. Yeah, I was like, "I guarantee you, he Sick, fucking does." Yeah. Special special bonus ride or die for everyone. Uh, Asia or Asia by Steely Dan. The whole thing rides, and if I come on here and say that it rides, it does. I, I actually proposed that one as one of my uh, picks one week. Good. Um, we got, Good. Yeah, I didn't listen to that down. show because it was probably about fucking Taylor Swift. <laughs> that was a good episode. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of listeners. Well, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for you know all the people out here that were really devoted to the show early on. You guys changed up for no reason. There were two really good rap albums. You bring Audio Slave out of nowhere. Hey, listen, if I could do only rap albums, I would do it, Chad. They won't let me. They won't let me. How, 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 how long was the It's never- totally biased music, not totally biased rap music. Okay. Oh, here we so go. We got we, we to cover how a lot long, of different things. How, how long was the Nirvana podcast? You, you said every song's good and then turned it off. It was 10 seconds long. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> First off, Freak. it was 60 yeah. minutes, and that episode was also good. So it was. Yeah, I might have to go back and listen to it. You know which one I'm not going back and listening to? This. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I lived That's it. <laughs> All, right. Um, All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fucking we, – we took a week off. Trey insists that we take a week off because he hates the pod. So I hope that he brought his A game today for the one and only – Welcome to your bi-weekly Trey's Twitter takes. My name is Trey and I'm bi. I mean, I'm going to be your host this evening. First off, like I that? know you practiced that in the mirror before. I you did it. it. I just right right off the right off rip. Nice. I swear to God. All right. So our first tweet today is from someone named Kellen, not the guy we went to high school with. It, his Twitter handle is at Captain Calvis. Now I'm falling asleep and she's calling a cab while she's having a smoke. And she's taking a drag. Oh, he's having another one and another. He's got like 40 sick of his mouth. Jesus, he's still going. Okay, oh, I'm honestly impressed. That is just so many cigarettes. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, I thought you liked that. All right. And at this point, this guy is just getting a tweet per fucking episode. He is so funny. His name's Dan White, at Dan White. He says, ah, yes, the blue checkmark brigade is trying to cancel me yet again for suggesting that Kellogg's has gone full woke by refusing to show Tony the Tiger's erect cock on the back. <laughs> <laughs> we are truly lost as a country. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> this one is a uh, – so Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, one of the world's oh, biggest scumbags. God. Um, took a picture of an Evian bottle, and then he said, there are cathedrals everywhere for those with eyes to see. Okay, so that's the first tweet. And then Mac, a.k.a. at Good Politic Guy, quote tweets that and says, quotes, man, this edible ain't shit. 30 minutes later, there are cathedrals everywhere for those with eyes to see. <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was somebody tripping dick. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep, exactly. All right, so this one's a little bit of a story, um, and it's really more of a story than a tweet, but there is a tweet associated with it. So at Okeechobee Music Festival a few weeks ago, um, Blake has been there. I've been there. Um, there was a situation on Reddit where someone had a long post, so I'm not going to read the whole post. But basically, the summary is that they were walking back to their campsite. They were pretty, you know, messed up from whatever they've been doing. And they decided they really wanted Taco Bell. And they were a mile and a half away from where the food vendors were. Like, they were camped way, way out. And so they ordered DoorDash. They DoorDash Taco Bell to themselves. And then they Venmoed the DoorDasher $400 to buy a ticket. To come Shut into the, the festival so they could buy a ticket and bring them their DoorDash. Wait, then on Twitter. You said you said they were messed up? Yeah, they How were. How do you were get messed up, up off of listening to music, man? Um, you know, just music is the drug, as <laughs> yeah, any true. good uh true. You know, groomer will tell you. That's a base. When's, the, when's the start? What's, what are we doing? All right. So anyway. <laughs> So then on Twitter, um, on March 7th, Joey B. Myers said, everyone says Plur is dead, but I got a $500 tip on Venmo from a DoorDash order this past weekend, so I beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) Now, whether or not Joey B. Myers is real, I'm unsure, but I will tell you that the official DoorDash Twitter account replied and said, Plur is alive with a heart. What the fuck is this saga? Holy shit. (laughs) It's truly amazing. I love truly it. Truly amazing. I'll be honest with you. It sounds like something I would do, like, because I just sometimes think that money's, like, not an object at that point in time. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I have $500 in my bank account. I'll send somebody $400 to get me Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, no, so. I get that. All right. And then we got two more for you. Ooh. Um, two more. <laughs> two more. All right. So this one is a quote tweet from a Sydney Sweeney uh, New York Post uh, article. And Sydney Sweeney said, I had boobs before other girls and I felt ostracized and oink to boink says they're big, but I wouldn't say they're ostrich. sized. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. And Chad, this was just for you. There's a Twitter account. Me and Chad like to send, uh, send tweets back and forth. It's called shirts that go hard. I love this is a shirt that goes hard. It's a t-shirt and it says, I got lockjaw doing graveyard shifts at the dick sucking factory. And all I got was lockjaw as previously mentioned. <laughs> it's, it's probably the best account going. It's really good. It's, it's amazing. Dude, it's so good. I it's want the, every single one of the t-shirts. The thing is, is that it's so oddly specific that you're going to end up running into one that one of your friends loves. You're like, yeah, this is Trace. Weird shirt. Yeah, this is my other yeah. Like, It's just, it's it's a perfect Twitter account. It's truly amazing. Um, and that it, that, 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 that's it. That wraps it up for Trace <laughs> Twitter by takes. I want to read his shirt that's also on that that I saw the other day. So it's a girl wearing a shirt that says, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, I'm a really horrible bitch. I'm a terrible person. I've done truly unforgivable things. In the desert, my secrets are buried. I will never see the light of heaven. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Holy shit. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't have a shirt to read. <laughs> but if I but if I did, hey, can we let Chad know when we're going to start the show? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to. Hey, if you guys can hear me, I don't have a shirt. I don't have one to read from Twitter. 
<laughs> okay. Um, well, hour and 22 minutes. I can't think of another album that deserves it more than To Pimp a Butterfly. Guys, it has been a blast. Chad, thank you for coming on. You fucking killed it. Per usual, I expected nothing less. Can't wait to bring Great you job, on Chad. to the Marshall Mathers LP. Um, I can't wait. Any- I, I, have a, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Do you have uh, any final thoughts for the crowd? Do you want to say your goodbyes? Anything you want to mention? <laughs> Um, no, there's. I was gonna do some fake ad reads, um, but I, I didn't write them in time. Um, if you guys want to start a GoFundMe, I'm I'm desperately trying to buy a house, and I get outbid by every person. I don't I don't know what the deal is. I've tried it three times. No, but nobody let me buy a fucking house. So if you'll start a GoFundMe, like call we it like whatever the podcast is called totally bullshit music whatever it's called start that <laughs> and then put it and then the money from that you give to me to help me buy a house i like um, that idea i like that yeah. a lot so that's that's, that's what i that's what i want that's my closing thought i need money okay, <laughs> okay. all right well ladies and gentlemen on that note thank you for joining us we will see you guys i guess in two weeks from now because trey changed our schedule um so we will see you guys then and thanks everybody for stopping by thanks bye guys forever. Uh, and when you're looking at me yeah. uh, tell me what you see yeah. I, love myself. Uh, I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head and a bullet yeah.